0: podcast answer man episode number 351 entertaining
1: educational and encouraging content that makes a difference
0: this is GSPN.tv. join
1: the community hey
2: there mike stelzner from the social media marketing podcast and you're listening to cliff ravenscraft the world's number one authority in the world of podcasting he's the podcast answer man
0: Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world or if you've been doing it for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and I am a little rusty after taking a whole week off. I just returned from San Diego, California, and had the most awesome time at Social Media Marketing World 2014, the second annual conference put on by Social Media Examiner, and Michael Stelzner and his team did a phenomenal job. You know, last year I came home from San Diego And I remember just talking about how one word really summarized how the event felt, the vibe, the feel of the entire event. And that word was classy. And I will say that this year's event was even better than last year's. I really enjoyed myself at Social Media Marketing World 2013, their first event, but this second event was so much better. And why is that? Off the top of my head, I would have to say that the whole venue, we were at the Grand Hyatt Manchester, I believe is what it was called. Anyway, the Hyatt was a much better conference hotel as far as the conference space itself. I I really enjoyed the conference experience, the conference rooms, the, the layout of how you got into certain places. You didn't have to go outside into a different building. It was a much better experience in that way. And there was a larger crowd of people this year, a lot of new people that I, that weren't there last year that I got to meet this time for the very first time. And one of the things that I found really interesting were the, were the amount of solopreneurs or entrepreneurs who were there. And if you listened a couple of weeks back, we brought Michael on here to talk about who is this conference for? And while last year I had this feeling and this vibe going into it that this is a conference made mainly for big brands, and certainly the big brands were there last year, the big brands were here this year, but the number of people who, let's just say, are within my target audience, the people who are uh, professional public speakers, the people who are coach, life coaches, career coaches, uh, authors, teachers business people, small small business owners, the folks that I really resonate with the most because that's kind of who I am and the, the kind of work that I do, and it's the clients that I find myself working with most frequently, and I found that this conference was full of those people this year. Last year, there were there were certainly a number of them there. However, most of the people that were there that fit into this category, I had already known prior to going to the event this year. I met probably over a 100 new people that I had not ever met prior to this event and who are really kind of doing the same kind of work that I do or surrounding uh, the work that I've worked with uh, other people that I'm very uh, confident in helping them get in their message out to the world. So it was a really great event for me personally to make some great connections. It is a conference that's focused on networking, but it also has uh, a, a lot of focus on great content. The speakers are well chosen, and uh, it, was, it was just a great experience altogether. Now, in this episode of Podcast Answer Man, I do want to tell you that I'm going to share with you my first Uber experience, um, or my first experience with Uber. If you don't know what Uber is, I'll explain it to you in just a moment. I'm going to give you some thoughts that just came to me out of nowhere related to on-air signs. If you actually have family that um, you know sometimes will walk in when you're recording a podcast and they don't know that you're actually recording because you're maybe silent while you're listening to the other person uh, that you're interviewing talk you want to put a little on-air sign outside without having hardwired I have a great thought that came to me and probably many of you have already been smart enough to think about this uh, months or years ago so we'll see Anyway, I'm going to also talk about what I don't like about the Lift app, which is a personal productivity tool or more of a health and fitness kind of, it's a motivational tool to help you achieve the things that you want to set out to do by tracking uh, those things. I'll talk a little bit about the Lift app. And then I am going to bring in my great friend Pierce Mars from Nashville, Tennessee, and we're going to talk about his experience with the Shark Tank podcast. Also, one of the experiences, thanks to my great friend, Michael Stelzner, um, he and I happen to be in a mastermind together, and I mentioned to him that I've been working on a media campaign, getting the message about podcasting out to the world at large through a media blitz. I've been working with a friend of mine who's getting me some Great coverage. I was in the Cincinnati Business Journal here in Cincinnati. Great publication for startup businesses. And then when I was in uh, San Diego, Mike says, "Hey, I know that you're going to be doing this media blitz. If I get any, if I get any opportunities where the TV stations want to do some FaceTime with somebody to talk about anything, I'm going to help you get in front of the camera." Well, that actually happened. In San Diego, I was invited to join Phil Marchand, uh, which he's like Michael's right-hand man over there at Social Media Examiner, specifically for putting these conferences on. I mean, he does an amazing job organizing everybody. But anyway, Phil Mershon invited me to come and be a part of Good Morning San Diego. And what I'm going to play for you here is a three and a half minute clip of something that we did on television. Again, this went out to Everybody that was watching in San Diego, and there actually were not just people who were at the conference who saw this and mentioned it to me, but a lot of people were reaching out to me on Facebook and Twitter and saying, Oh my gosh, I see that you're in my hometown, and I couldn't believe it when I turned on the news. Uh, So check this out. This is from Good Morning San Diego.
3: Everyone knows social media is the current and the future of marketing. This week, some experts are here in San Diego to talk all about it. Here to tell us more is Phil Mershon from the Social Media Examiner and Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. Cliff, we will get to you in just a second. I want to start with you, Phil. What is happening here this week?
1: We are holding a conference for nearly 1,800 marketers from all over the world. 12% are coming from outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. They are coming here to learn about social media. How do you use it to market your business and to network with many of the top thinkers and the expert educators in the industry?
3: Well, that's the thing, right? Because now social media is really the kind of marketing driving force for a lot of corporations nowadays, and unfortunately, lots of the corporations or small businesses aren't taking advantage of it.
1: It's actually true. Six years ago we did our first industry report and people were skeptical about is this going to last and today everyone knows you have to do it but they're wondering how you do it smartly. Right. How do you spend your time and energy and how do you keep your fans engaged with you?
3: Well, that is the question. Now, if for those marketing folks that are watching right now or so if, somebody, if you own your own business, what would be the one tip you would give them on how to market successfully their business on social media?
1: Probably the best tip I can give you is what all of our viewers and listeners told us is podcasting. Mm -hmm. Podcasting is one of the best ways to get dedicated attention in the ears and minds of your audience, because when they stick a podcast in their ear, they're not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. They might be mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, going to the right. gym, but they're listening to you for an extended period of time.
3: Well, that is a very good transition to Cliff, who is the Pat podcast master. You had a very successful podcast along with your wife, for the television series Lost, right?
0: Absolutely. The weekly Lost Podcast.
3: And it was it was a big deal, and you had a whole nother career that you just walked away from to do this podcast and then branched off into a bunch of other things.
0: Absolutely, yeah, we started out with The Lost Podcast and by our third episode we had 17,000 subscribers. Wow. And because of the who my wife and I are, a lot of people started asking questions unrelated to Lost which led us to launching other shows about family, faith, business, health, fitness, all kinds of other stuff.
3: Now Cliff, this might be a silly question but I'm sure people at home that are watching this are thinking, can I make money in a podcast?
0: absolutely it is absolutely possible to create a podcast and have sponsors advertisers you can have affiliate relationships where you recommend products and get commissions you can sell your own products and services which is my favorite way
3: Wow so you are going to be speaking at this event absolutely so and you're gonna give everybody the tips on how to make money and how to do a successful podcast I
0: am in fact actually I'm going to be talking about why every solopreneur entrepreneur and everybody out there who wants to have a personal brand why podcasting is the scene greatest investment that they can make.
3: So basically what you're saying is I need to get a podcast. Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> all <laughs> right. So and people can still buy tickets. We'll put all that information up yes. on our website so you know if you want to go and attend this. Maybe you have your own business. This might be the place to be. Thank you guys for coming Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, you so much.
0: All right. There you go. So that was from KUSI. If you want to see the video, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash KUSI. I K U S I. Anyway, had so much fun with Phil and I, and, and Phil and Michael, thank you guys so much for making this possible and inviting me to participate in that video interview at the TV station. That was so awesome. Of course, as you can tell, guys, it wasn't just about self-promotion for me, but I really am excited about taking podcasting and its message to the masses, and that's something that I've been uh, really uh, focused on a lot lately. So I'm very, very excited about that opportunity. The next thing I want to tell you guys about was my first Uber experience. If you guys have never heard of Uber, it's something that's been around for a couple years now. I broke, it was like a new media startup, I think, You know, that came out of, well, got really popular back in uh, maybe two years ago at South by Southwest, a conference or event uh, in I think it's Austin, Texas that I have not yet ever gone to, but the con- Uber is very popular in big cities, and it's an alternative to taking a cab, if you will, or it's an alternative to taking a you know hiring a limo service, and it all revolves around an application on your phone, and what you're supposed to be able to do is pull up your phone. And when you get out of the airport, for example, or if you're downtown in in an area like San Diego, and wherever, let's just say you're at your hotel, and you want to go to such and such restaurant, well, you pull out your app, and you can, it automatically will know where you are via GPS, and you can say, hey, I want to get a cab here, or uh, a car here, a black car, or an SUV, and... They will show you on the map how many Uber cars are in your vicinity, and it will have over top of them, it will say how many minutes away each of those cars happen to be. So you can order a car, and you can tell it where you want to go. The interesting thing is that you put your credit card information into their system, so you register with them. And I did not know this going in, but one of the things that I did finally read about on their I, I contacted my first car to go from the airport to the hotel in San Diego. And after, you know, looking online as I'm waiting for my bags, I'm like, is there anything here? Do I, am I supposed to tip? Because I remember hearing something about tip and no hassle and something or something, but I wasn't really paying attention so I did some searching and I found a FAQ uh, section on the web. It was a mobile version of Uber's website. And the support said something, you know, are you supposed to tip? And it just said no cash, no tips, no hassle. And I took that to mean, okay, you don't have to tip, That you know, that it must be built in. And I I think I recall hearing somebody say, you know what, don't worry about it. it. It is built into their system. And so I still wasn't sure. And as a result of being a speaker with Social Media Marketing World, Michael and the team over there had a special arrangement with Uber for speakers. And we had a special private uh, code that allowed us to get free round trip uh, tickets or a uh, uh, fare from the hotel to the airport and well, anyway round trip from the hotel and airport and that was very nice of course they also had a deal where every participant at the uh, conference was able to I think they got like a $20 credit or something like that but anyway so I I hired a car and I took a picture of myself the uber driver gets to see what you look like Um, they you actually get a picture of what your driver looks like so you can tell if it's the right guy you're getting in a car with Uh, I kind of like that the one thing that I learned is that as soon as you um, hire the driver you have the ability to call the driver and you have the ability to text the driver and from what I understand it's almost expected that you're going to call the driver or you're gonna text the driver or something of that nature Um, But anyway, it it was just a few minutes wait, and my driver came to pick me up and threw my luggage in the back, and I rode with him to the hotel. Now, my very first experience with Uber was not a great experience because I was concerned. I was like, you know, I, I was looking online, and one thing, maybe you can help me. This is my first time riding with Uber, and he said, and I said, and one thing I'm not sure of, is it, you know, is it customary? Should I tip you? You know, I wasn't sure. And he says, oh, yes, you you should tip. You know, it, it, it's expected. And I'm like, okay, okay. Because I, I read something, and then I said, I read something online, and, you know, I was looking at the thing, and it says, no, the tip is included. He goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, Uber will tell you that the tip is included, but we don't see that. You know, we, we don't get the tip. And I'm like, wait a second. So you're telling me that Uber is telling me that the tip is there, but you're not getting tipped? And that was concerning to me. And I'm like, wait a second, I just don't understand this. Well, it was a free ride anyway. It, it's literally five-minute ride to, from the airport to the Hyatt. So I knew the fare that was being covered anyway was going to be inexpensive. Uh, and it wasn't going to be very much. So I went ahead and gave the guy a $10 tip. Not a big deal. But then after we got out of the car, the driver says, now let me show you what you need to do after a thing. And he says, go ahead and pull up the Uber application. He goes, now here is now it's going to ask you about the ride. Go ahead and hit five stars. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, now you have the opportunity to write something. Write something really good about me. And I'm like, and, and at this point, if I if I wasn't quite sure... Uh, And if he wasn't so forward, I would have, and if I would have known this is the process that you rate the driver afterwards, I would have waited until I had my car and he pulled away. And then I would have given him an accurate uh, rating and review. I probably would have rated that driver about a three, um, you know, three out of five stars. And I would have written that, you know, I'm kind of, you know, this is my first Uber experience it was my understanding that Tip wasn't included. He made it very certain that it was, you know, he was a little bit forward, a little bit. It was a little bit less of a it was a little bit more of a stressful ride because I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, I, I would have been very clear. But instead, because he was looking over my shoulder and he was directing me of what to do and where to do it and how to do it. Uh, my Uber experience was I give him a five star rating because he was looking over my shoulder and I said he was very pleasant, you know, and and I hit go and that was it. Well, thankfully, I got an email the next morning from the guy who is oversees all of Uber in San Diego. He's like the main head guy. He says, hey, I see that you used one of our promo codes, and I see that you just got in. This was your first experience. I'd love to ha- hear how it went. Everything I just told you guys, I told him in an email. He wrote back, apologized profusely, and says, absolutely not, uh, when you're using Uber, you are not expected to to pay a tip. It is definitely included. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to have a talk with this driver. Now, of course, these drivers, some of these drivers actually are not, they're not Uber employees. And I know one of the drivers that I had later in the week worked for a limo company who also happens to, use you know, to, to book some rides through Uber as well. Anyway, long story short, the guy assured me, "Hey, that's not how things are supposed to go." And on my experience on the way to the airport, um, I wanted to see how it felt. You know, it, it's really weird for me to get in a car and have somebody ride me somewhere and not to tip them. But they say it's it's definitely in there, and you know, and and it's like, but it's such a small fare you know, to, to go from the hotel to there, are you sure, is it enough, anyway, I wanted to see how it would work on my way back from the hotel to the airport, and so I called the, called it, you know, you know, use the app to call another driver, book, book a fare, I didn't mention anything, you know, I just got in the car, he, he was very, this guy was very pleasant in the morning, George was his name, and, uh, you know, he, got out of the car, dropped my bag off at the curb. He didn't stand there like he was waiting for anything. And 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 he said, have a great flight. And th- he got in the car and left. And that was the experience. And I'm like, hmm, that was much different and felt different. And so, of course, I obviously waited until I got into the airport and then I pulled up my app and I gave that guy a five-star rating and uh, a great written review. It still felt weird not to tip, but... I, I wanted to see how that experience was. Well, anyway, my first Uber experience, and I will say overall, which basically I consider the ride from the airport to the hotel and the ride back, overall, I really like Uber. and it I, it's probably a bit more expensive than riding in a taxi. Uh, but it is definitely an experience worth having. and it's the cars are definitely cleaner. And nicer, um, I, yeah, I, I I tell you what, even though I had a bad very first experience, I blame that on how brand new I am to the service. But for those of you who are flying into a city, let's just say like New York, San Diego, Los Angeles, and Chicago, all those big cities probably have Uber. Uh, it is it is worth trying and having as, a, as an experience. All right, before we go over to Pierce Mars, I do want to play this promo for my podcasting A to Z course, which, by the way, starts this Monday, April 7th. So uh, here's that promo for you right now. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start?
3: You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works.
0: Intrigued? Intrigued? Intrigued?
3: Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, a podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes
0: on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is certain. Sure. At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more
3: details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. zcom
0: all right my friends i have my great friend pierce mars on the line and pierce you
2: are sounding good my friend well you know you gotta go get a good coach and if you get a good coach you can sound good you know what i'm saying i do know what you're saying i sounded like a fifth grader before i got this all this all this nice equipment
0: (laughs) so pierce let's go back to when you first got started in podcasting have we first of all have i had you on podcast answer man before
2: This is my first time and I'm so honored to be here, Cliff. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. I
0: I first met Pierce back in March 2011, actually February 2011. It was a Valentine's cruise with Dan Miller. We did the No More Mondays cruise. My wife and I met your wife and yourself and a bunch of other wonderful people who have become lifelong friends
2: yeah it was a great time and you and i had um, had some communication because we had you know andy traub as a common uh, friend that we were we were talking to all the time so i was hearing about you and of course i was listening to your voice all the time listening to your show and it was so great to get to spend a few days on the cruise and we got to go to san juan ride around on the bus remember that that was great
0: i do remember that it was good times my friend taking me back in the mind there. I'd, Make me have to turn this thing off and just go back and lay back and think about it <laughs> so hey uh, when we, when I first met you, I learned that you are you have a full time career in sales exactly, and, and you also on the side just for fun, do a bit of consulting and
2: coaching in the area of sales and public speaking in sales exactly i um, as a matter of fact, by the time By the time I saw you on the cruise, I had been, uh, doing a blog called the sales moment, and it's just a short three to five minute, uh, blog. And and I started recording it, putting on putting it on iTunes and, um, That was just something that that I had started because I wanted to do a weekly, just a Monday morning kind of little boost for people that were in sales. And I had only been doing that for a few short months when I met you. And, of course, that was all inspired by what you had done. and, And I had been writing the blog, and somebody says, you really need to record that and put it out. so. I did. And since then I've put out 155 episodes of that.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Can you tell me real quick, and, and before we talk about the the other show that uh, is the primary focus here, what has the sales moment done for you? That podcast that, you know, all of those different shows that you've put out, have, have you seen any kind of uh, return or was your goals more in the lines of just helping people by, by putting your experience out into the world?
2: Well, one of the things that you, I'm sure you found out is that if somebody's heard of you and they want to know more about you and you have a presence online like you do and like I have now, they can go and they can learn a whole lot about you so they can trust you and like you before they ever meet you. And and I've heard you talk about that many times. But when you have that kind of content out there, people go and listen. And then they say, you know what, I really need more of what he's Talking about, I need it to. How do I prescribe this for my own situation? And so many times I've coached people for sales. Uh, you know, I'm certified in the personality profiles, and I work with people to help them uh, when they're stuck. I've done some career coaching through through Dan's program, but I've done sales coaching, and I've I've been hired to speak to organizations about uh, communication and how to uh, do a better job in selling, which you have a background in. So it's it's opened all kinds of doors, and it's made uh, me a, a quite a bit of money, and uh, it's been it's been a very very great experience for me. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I couldn't imagine it before. So, so you say
0: that the primary benefit that you, you have found from the podcast itself is the, it's that building rapport and trust with people while you're sleeping. in in essence, kind of you've recorded all this backlog of, of archived content that people can sample and listen to, to get a feeling for who you are, what you have to offer so that uh, you don't have to do those free 30 minute to an hour long consulting calls where people can kind of get a feel over the phone for who you are and what you stand for.
2: And they really get right to it. And so it makes it makes it very easy to make a transition because they feel like they know me. And uh, it's just a matter of me trying to see if I'm the right coach for them and how I can help them get to the next level. So it's it's a it's made it for a very easy transition to lay that groundwork for uh, for coaching and speaking and whatever I want to do. One of
0: the interesting things that I saw you do was pick up um, a fan podcast related to a television show, which I love that you took that uh, whole gateway content of of find something that appeals to a mass audience that's already raving fans around another brand, uh, especially in the entertainment space, and then using that as a way for people to first you know, come there for the content, but then overall stick around because of you and then want to learn more about you. So I, I, that's a that's a, a method of generating new traffic that I've I've been working on for years. And you did this with the shark tank. What w- tell me a little bit about that? How did that get started? And uh, and a little bit of the early part of the journey there?
2: Well, you were inspired that you know everybody knows the story of how you began talking about something that you had a lot of enthusiasm about you were talking about lost and how it um it connected you with people that were of like mind and and so ever since i heard that story I thought to myself, you know, I would really love to do some type of podcast built around a show. And and I knew it had to be something that you're pretty passionate about. You know, it has to be something you're excited about, you're looking forward to doing. And so my first reaction was to do one on The Amazing Race. That's one of my favorite shows. And I went directly and bought The Amazing Race podcast. And and then I thought, you know, I need a co-host. I need to figure this out. I need to know what to do. And I let that sit for a while. And then the first season of Shark Tank came out. When I saw the show, I knew... Uh, that this was going to be the one. It was. I was immediately hooked because what I do in my normal life as a as a thirty year in a thirty year sales career, and now being able to be podcast for the last five years, I have um, talked to people about how you communicate, how you, what is your sales process from the time those people come into the Shark Tank and they make their presentation and they do their negotiations and they go through the whole thing. It is exactly what I talk about every day. And it's one of my most favorite subjects. So I went and got my best friend from high school and, uh, and me and him, have discussed business ideas inventions ways to do business we've been doing that for 30 years and so he was i was already calling him talking about the shark tank and so i said hey you want to you want to just record our conversation and uh, and see what happens and so i went and got the uh, got started and uh, let's see i guess we've done 75 episodes of the shark tank fan podcast so it's pretty cool
0: that's awesome and you still have the same co-host today i
2: still do yeah excellent I've had some guests co-host over the years and uh and uh, as a matter of fact I think when you first heard the show uh you you uh you sent me a text and said man I, I wish you to call me and I thought well you know that would have been a <laughs> really good one. Uh, I should have done that but uh there'll be maybe we'll do something in the future. Okay.
0: I, I I do I do remember sending you that text because I was I was so jealous I was like oh man now there's a show that's a show that I would love to do because, of course, I have a fascination with business and, and learning as much as I can about entrepreneurship. But one of the things that I loved about this, and by the way, for those of you who are listening right now, I encourage you, if you're a fan of the TV show Shark Tank, go back and and start with episode one of this podcast and literally go back and listen to it. And if you need to, find the old episodes of Shark Tank. I'm sure they're available online somewhere. And and go back and watch the episodes and then listen to the podcast afterwards. What I love that you did, Pierce, and the, and you actually didn't just you know pick something like the Amazing Race. That how are you going to tie that into your target audience, bringing it into the Mars coaching and all this other stuff? But with with the Shark Tank, it was such a perfect fit for you because not only are you passionate about it, not only are there millions of people watching this thing, but man, it gave you an opportunity to show off your sales techniques and skills and 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 training and coaching because and, and this is what i found amazing about the podcast is that you would actually listen to the pitch and then you would judge it you would break it down here's where the here's what they did right here's what they did wrong here's what they could have done differently and oftentimes like you know what i bet you if they would have done this they would have got the deal
2: or mm-hmm, they right. they
0: almost had the deal and this is this was what the deal breaker was and it's not what you think it was
2: and that's what made it fun for me. It's um, to be able to watch that and take notes and say, okay, this is, this is what made the difference. And, and maybe it's lack of experience. Maybe it's their first time in that situation. But all the, from the feedback we've received over the years, um, and this is something that, that, uh, that you've been able to succeed at, which I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to emulate this. But people talk about how entertaining it is. They say, you always make us laugh but we always learn something. And yeah. that's a great compliment.
0: I love that. So one of the things that I notice is that you oftentimes have people who were on the Shark Tank, the people who were making these pitches, some of them who had received deals, some of them who didn't receive deals. And you've actually had those folks come onto the show. I imagine it's pretty easy to get some of those people there because you know they're riding the wave of as much publicity as possible. Uh, but uh, tell me a little bit about your experience in, in uh, getting folks to come onto your
2: show there. Well, they they see it as a promotion of their product, because one of the things that I insist on doing is promoting entrepreneurship and, and making uh, and making people understand that I am in support of them succeeding. I said, so when you come here, it's not going to be something where I'm going to tear you apart and try to, you know, embarrass you because of maybe what you did wrong or right on the show. This is a time for you to talk about the show, talk about your experience talk about your company and, and pass on some great advice to the people that are listening. And so I, I the, everybody that comes, they, you know, I, I get people call me and say, hey, can I you know be on the show or whatever? And uh, and we encourage it. We want people to be on there because again, it's a learning experience because somebody listening, they, they can only listen to me so much, but what somebody that's already gone through the shark tank and have learned these business lessons, or they may be partners with Barbara Corcoran and Mark Cuban. And they, all of a sudden they get to hear what those people have to say on what it's like to work with a multi-millionaire or a multi-billionaire in that case. So it's a, it's, it's a very fun experience to talk to the entrepreneurs and, and hear their side of the story. And they give you a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that, you know, just like one the other day, they, those doors that open when they walk into the Shark Tank, there's two men standing behind those two doors opening them with a, a rope. Nice, and you know that's just one of those little things that to me is kind of cool. You know that you you would think those doors are automated or, or or whatever, but they're not. There's two guys standing back there that you can't see, and yeah. and, and but they give you the they give you the inside scoop and uh, and what it's like and the experience they went through, and and um uh, it's become a, a lottery in a sense that there's there's you know fifty thousand people applying to be on the show, and they may have eighty two businesses a season on there. So it's um it's become more and more difficult. So the, the intrigue and the, and the excitement of the show is just getting bigger and bigger. They're owning their market seven or 8 million people, viewers, every show.
0: Yeah. I, and I'm one of them. I absolutely love the shark tank. It's one of my favorite shows on television. Well, recently I saw that or, and actually listened to your interview with Barbara Corkin, H- Corcoran. How awesome was that? I got to tell
2: you, I, I was more nervous. When it was scheduled, it was scheduled about a month in advance. And when I finally got the email saying that I was going to interview her, then I walked around for a couple of hours thinking, oh, my goodness. OK, what What am I going to say? What am I going to do? And and then I, I set myself to be prepared. I started writing some questions and thinking, I really want this to be different. I want this to be something I don't want to ask her the same thing she always hears. I want it to be kind of unique, but I want it to be fun. And, uh, and so, um, it was it, it, the, one of the easiest interviews I've ever done, Cliff. And I, I know you heard it and, um, and if I'm not, you know, I, I've had a lot of people be, be very complimentary about it, but I really learned, and, and this is one of those things that during the time that I booked the interview with Barbara Corcoran, I was listening, I was reading somebody's um, blog about a conversation that they had with you that they said, they said they were struggling with interviewing and you told them, well, are you having a problem talking to me right now? I said, no, this is fun. You said, just do that. Just have a conversation. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've been, I'm 50 years old. I've been selling for 30 years. I've been in front of people my whole life, but that one little piece of information made me, sit back and say you know what i'm just going to have fun i'm just going to talk to her like we're sitting down having coffee whatever happens happens i want to have a little bit of an agenda I'm, i want to have some questions prepared that i sit to her in advance but it i felt like it went seamless and uh i thought she gave some great information great answers and, and it was just a very fun uh, 20 minutes I, I was i would i was very excited when it was over that is
0: awesome Well, I'll tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed that and I encourage people to check out the podcast. It's the Shark Tank Fan Podcast. Is it still over at marscoaching.com?
2: You can still, I'm still posting them there, but I just moved everything over to its own site. So um, you can go to sharktankexperience.com and that'll take you to a homepage, where you can either you can either go to the interviews, you can go to the the recaps or you can go and get information about a book that uh, that I am writing with some really great friends. Some of them you'll recognize. It's called How to Win in Your Shark Tank. And um, so they can go there, they can hear the podcast, they can read about the book and they can sign up for updates so they can, when I put out a new episode, I'll be glad to send them a note. Well so. I,
0: I encourage everybody to go over to Sharktankexperience.com. Certainly subscribe in iTunes. Give Pierce and them a, a great five star rating and review. You're going to love this. When's the book coming out?
2: The book will be out um May 15th. Excellent.
0: So um I, I know a lot of people are gonna ask this and, and, and they'd be upset if I and if I don't ask this question. So how did you get a hold of Barbara? and and how did that work
2: out well what's interesting she invested in a company her and mark cuban invested in Villy customs Uh, fleetwood hicks was a guy brought his uh uh, bull mastiff out there and he makes custom bicycles guy from texas and lisa and i decided that we were going to buy each other beach bicycles for christmas and I, we, were, we were sitting there, and I pulled out my iPad, and I said, you remember that guy that was on Shark Tank, um, Fleetwood Hicks? I said, let's go look at his bicycles. That way we can customize. We can make them any way we want. Long story short, we, we were going to get a Thanksgiving weekend discount, Black Friday discount, and we couldn't get the code to work. So I called the number and left my message on Black Friday. I said, I can't make the code work. Please call me. I want to get the discount for the two bikes I'm buying. And on Saturday morning, Fleetwood Hicks calls me and he doesn't know who I am. He's never heard of the podcast. And he he said, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to radio. I don't listen to anything. So he calls me and I and and so he helped me with my problem. I told him what I did. I said, I would love to interview you. I interviewed him. He said it was the best interview that he had ever done since he'd been on Shark Tank. And he said, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna talk to Barbara on Thursday. I'm gonna tell her she's got an interview with you. She connected me to Gail. Uh Barbara's executive assistant by email and it took about, it took about two months to make it happen. But um, we started communicating about a time and she was kind of giving me what I felt like was the brush off for a while. And I wanna, this is a, this is a sales thing, Cliff, that I really wanna share yeah, because I, I, I believe it's important. I'm sitting here and, and she said, call me back the second week of January, email me, and I'll see when her time's available. So I send her an email the second week of January, and she comes back, and she goes, I don't think she's going to be available till March or April. So I'm really feeling the brush off. Two weeks later, I'm sitting at my desk, and I, I pull out the newest episode of Inc. Magazine, I-N-C, Inc. Magazine. It's got It's an orange cover, and it's got the lady who invented Spanx on the front of it, Okay. Well, I look down and it's on one, one of the articles that is inside the magazine is five uh, very wealthy people and how they couldn't live without their executive assistants. One of them's Barbara Corcoran. So I flip the thing open immediately and I look and there's Gail, the lady I've been talking to on email. There she is but behind the stage at the Today Show. We're helping Barbara get ready. And now I put a face with a name. I just turn around to my computer. Nothing about the interview. I just put in the subject line, congratulations on being in Inc. Magazine. Really excited for you. It was a very complimentary article. And I said two or three lines. This lady gets 300 emails a day. She responded in 30 seconds. Wow. And she said, thank you so much with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> and, uh, and so all I did was compliment her. I recognized her from the magazine I don't know Cliff if this had anything to do with it, but within five days I had an interview with Barbara. I'd say it
0: had everything to do with it just based on what you're telling me i would I would have to believe that uh, the fact that you took notice of her as an individual and and you know didn't make her feel like just the gatekeeper that she had that you had to get past you know that you that you took time to notice her and that you remembered her and that that you, that you even had that she stood out to you when you read the article that you know, that you put the two and two together, I think that people like to, to feel important and to feel valued and, and to feel like they matter and that you notice them. And and that this I, Pierce, you and I both know in sales that that's critical.
2: It is critical. And I felt like it, it was a key and, you know, she, she, they had an opening and, and when the interview was over, uh, I took some pains to try to find something unique to send to Barbara as a gift. And I sent, gail the exact same thing i bought two and uh, one i didn't i didn't send gail a trinket and give barbara something nice i gave them both a very nice unique gift that i found to thank them for their time because hey um when, when we finished the interview and i posted it i sent a note over to gail and i said listen would you mind would your social media mind tweeting this out they sent it out they tweeted it out to 135 thousand people and then robert Hershevak tweeted it out to another 170,000 and that happened within 30 minutes after they posted it. That is awesome. Hey, uh, go ahead. No, it's fine. I just wanted to say that that's that's what happened from just treating people right, being patient, being nice and just, uh, um, you know, recognizing the the importance of everybody that's involved.
0: I'm going to share one of the favorite things I learned from you in just a moment and uh, we'll wrap things up. But I, I have to ask, Has Lisa, your wife, has she listened to the interview and what is her thoughts on it? Because, by the way, for those who haven't heard this interview, (laughs) Barbara's a little hot on Pierce, ready to make him husband number such and such. Uh,
2: Well, when I finished the interview, you know, what was funny the morning she did this interview while she's sitting backstage at the Today Show. I go downstairs to go to the bathroom because I'm thinking, I better go. I'm going to, you know, do something here. I go downstairs and she's sitting there watching the Today Show. And there's Barbara Corcoran sitting on a stool with um, uh, Kathy Lee and Hoda. <laughs> and I'm going, Why is, why is she? I said, I'm, I've got an interview with her in 15 minutes. She's live on TV. I said, What's the deal? So I come back out and I watch her and she's doing this little competition real estate thing with uh, Kathy Lee and Hoda. And then uh, she goes right backstage from the interview and Gail connects me to her cell phone and then uh soon it was over lisa came upstairs to say well how'd it go how'd it go and i said well let's let me play this for you <laughs> so i played her the the part where she said something about me having a good speaking voice and and that i must be good looking and then the thing at the end about me uh she said uh, i was going to be husband number number three or whatever but uh she took it well she took it well yeah yeah <laughs> and she said she said that um she said that if uh, that if I wanted to leave her for Barbara Corkin, you know that that would be that would be my business. And I said, I don't think so. I know there's not enough money in the world, so I made it right. <laughs> that that's good stuff.
0: Well, um, I do want to share with you, and I want to share with everybody listening. There was something that you said in uh, a Q and A session of the talk that you gave on the No More Mondays cruise back in. February, 2014, you probably have no idea that this had an impact on me, but, uh, do you have, you have no clue where I'm going with this, do you? I I do not know. All right. So we, we, you were talking about, uh, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, from how to win friends and influence people and some of how that stuff applies to sales. And you were talking about the most important, uh, Thing is to remember people's names and to use people's names and a mutual friend of ours uh in the audience had uh, in in in, you know, in the room there had said you know i i have the hardest time remembering people's names i just can't do it and do you remember what you said to him
2: you I'll probably s- told him he didn't care
0: you said you know why I s- he says i know why and and he said yeah i want to know why he goes be, it's because you just don't care, and I'm like, "What did Pierce just say to him?" <laughs> <laughs> and 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 our this friend of ours, he says, "You know what? You're absolutely right." And and that hit me so hard, uh, Pierce. And I can tell you to this day, I will never forget the name Doctor Pei Kang. And not only that, but I can tell you, it's P-E-I. I, it, it stuck in my mind so, so much that I had to, and, and her name was the most difficult name for me to remember of anybody in that room, but I remembered it because of that. And I still struggle to this day when I go to a conference. Like, for example, I just got back from social media marketing world, and I know I met, and this is not an exaggeration, I know I met and shook hands with a minimum of 200 people that introduced themselves to me, who knew who I was, you know, listened to podcast Answer Man for years. And Pierce, I, I remember 30 of those people's names and and I could match their names to their faces and stuff like that. But I was still the remainder of the conference. Um, I was going around and I was saying hi to people and I recognized their faces In a million years, I couldn't remember their name. So I'd love to ask you, because this has been haunting me. It's not that I don't care, because those people I do care. But how do you do it in a situation where there are hundreds?
2: You know, one of the reasons that uh, I knew the answer so quickly is because it's not one of those things that's easy for me um I, I wish i was a master at it i i went to a conference uh, one time where there were probably 150 people in the audience this guy met people for an hour before this thing happened and when he got on stage he called out 35 or 40 people's names from the stage that he'd only met once yeah and uh and it's it's a very deliberate thing and there are techniques that you can learn and and I got to tell you, Cliff, I have been in your situation where you've met that many people and you just don't remember. I think that that you've got to repeat the name uh, if it's a, if it's somebody that's you know the point about the, it being important is that the people that we really want to remember we we will we will find a way if we have to write it on our arm we will not forget if it's important to us. So it's it's very difficult in that situation when you've met two hundred people to and I think people it's hard enough for people not to take it personal but you you the best thing you can do is um is apologize and be very be very genuine about it if you do forget and uh, and then and just say that and that usually if people you know if you try to pretend it's the worst thing you do don't try to fake it yeah if you forget if you Say, I forgot. I've met 200 people here and I, I, my mind is, is gone. I can't remember. I think people are more forgiving of that than, than they are of you trying to just skirt around it and that sort of thing. So, I, if, if and, and usually I don't mind, um, I don't think people mind you asking this if, if you see them for the second time. Yeah. And you say, "Can you please remind me of your name again?" And if you just be real straightforward, look them in the eye. I think they know your sincerity and they understand. Yeah. Um, in a lot, most cases, they probably have the same problem. But it's, it goes back to what Dale Carnegie said: their their name is the most important thing. That it's the most important sound to their ears is to hear their own name. And if you can do it, if you can learn to remember their names, it will be so valuable to your communication.
0: Yeah. I, well, and I tell you, I remember reading that when I read um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. The way that you communicated that that day really ring true for me. I am much better at it today than I ever have been in the past, and and I can tell you, you you get better service when you're when you're uh, at a restaurant. Uh, you get you get better results everywhere when when you do make the effort and when you do have it happen. And and every now and then you got to watch it because you can embarrass yourself deeply. Yeah. Yeah, and, and
2: I do the same thing. And that's why it's a great way to practice is when they walk up to the table, if if they're they are they don't have their name on, you say, what's your name? Oh, well, my name's Sandy. Well, I every time she comes to the table, I say, thanks, Sandy. Yep. I say it every time, every time, every time, every time. I had servers this week. I could tell you the name of every server I had this week because I did that every time. So I think the real key is, you. Can, you know, they come up with these real creative ways to visualize and do all these things. Just repeat their name yeah. back to them several times. And if you can connect it with anything that is uh, is memorable, it's, it's a good thing. But uh, you just got to say it and practice. So, so get this. Um, it, it, well, I
0: was in San Diego and we went to the Cheesecake Factory and it was myself and five other people. And our waitress's name, get this. Her name was Kalika. Mm. All right. So how do you remember Kalika. And so I asked her, I said, you know, do you mind, because she did not introduce herself by name, which I thought was interesting. And, and before she left, after she took our drink order, I said, do you mind, can I get your name? And she says, oh, yeah, my name is Kalika. And I'm like, oh, great, that'll be easy to remember. And she thought I was joking. <laughs> and I said, she goes, oh, yeah, you every, know yeah, everybody. She goes, you can call me. And she goes, Maliki Hiki hi, And she gave all the jokes that people usually give her. And I said, no, it's easy. Yours is going to be easy because I'll just remember ColecoVision. It was one of the first video games I was ever introduced to as a child. So Coleco, Coleca, I got it. So That's
2: perfect. That's a perfect way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so and to this day, and by the way, I remember her face. I remember her personality. And what I could tell you is if, if I could even say anytime within the next three to five years, if I ever ran into her in a public space, Anywhere, under any circumstance, I would immediately be able to call her by her name Kalika. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It is. Is your wife good at it? My wife is really great at it. My wife was great at it before I was, and, and she blows my mind how well she is at remembering people's names. Well,
2: least is that way too, and and so um, just like Stephanie, I, I think that I, I think sometimes you have to be a team, especially if she's with you. Say, hey, I really need you to back me up, help me with this, and and if if you know your weaknesses, then you can get your teammate there to to run with you, and you, then you can you can say, do you remember those people right over there? <laughs> and then, then she'll she'll say she usually knows she'll remember, and then then you're good. So.
0: Well, Pierce, it is always great to talk to you, my friend. I, you know, next time down in uh, uh, Nashville, we have to go out to dinner. I am coming down for a uh, mastermind group with uh, Ray Edwards and Dan and and some friends, and I may come down a, a day or so early,
2: and maybe I'll I'll hook up with you then. I would look forward to it. It's it's been an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely, and I would love to have you on, and again in the future, not necessarily related to your podcasting. Uh, endeavors, but to to maybe have you come on and share with my target audience, which my target audience are small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. I would love to have you come on and share like, you know, five sales tips for online marketers or something like that. Something, something beefy that we can give to the community. Of course, I know they've enjoyed this conversation today because I see it in the chat room.
2: Well, there's I'm going to put you on the spot. I haven't asked you this, but I was going to send you an email. I am uh, when, when the when the Shark Tank book comes out next month, I'm going to finish another book I'm writing. It's called Sharing Enthusiasm, oh. and I I wanted to showcase you in the book because of you epitomize somebody taking an enthusiasm of something and being able to um, use that to serve people that and and to do this thing. So I'm looking forward to talking to you. I w- I'd like to you to to showcase what you've done as one of the examples in that book, and I'll explain t- more, you know, about that later. Maybe we can get back together and talk about that.
0: Absolutely. Just shoot me an email, Pierce. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And again, everybody, uh, SharkTankExperience.com, and it'll take you to everything else that Pierce has. Pierce, thank you again, my friend.
2: Well, thank you, Cliff. <laughs>
0: All right, my friends, that was an awesome interview with Pierce. I love hanging out and talking with him, and uh, I will be certain to have him back on again in the near future. I wanted to share before I wrap up the show the idea of these on-air signs. Now I'm getting ready to build a new studio. I'm in my new home, and I've been thinking: Do I hardwire uh, an on-air sign right outside, or do I put it on a table? You know that you know where it's plugged into the wall. And how am I going to control this? Do I plug it into the electric outlet when I'm, you know, do I go out and plug it in? Or do I have to go out and flip the switch on? How am I going to control that? And as I was walking through Best Buy one day, I saw these um, wireless AC adapters where you can turn lamps on and off. Uh, through a Wi-Fi connection on your phone. So let's just say you're out of town and uh, you don't want the house to look like it's dark and empty. If you want to, you can turn the lights on and off from your iPhone or your iPad or even online and back at your house, your lights are on or off and you could have all these different lamps hooked up to the system. Actually, I'm going to have a system with ADT that actually comes with one of these built uh, available, and I could tie it into my ADT system. But uh, the ones that, and I have to say thank you to Ellery Wells, who is in my chat room, who reminded me that the ones over at uh, Best Buy that I've seen are made by Belkin, and they're called WeMo. It's the WeMo Light Switch or the WeMo inst- Insight Switch or it's the WeMo control your electronics from anywhere in the home automation app for smartphones and tablets. Anyway, if you head over to gspn.tv slash on-air signs, you'll see that Amazon actually has a few different options of signs that you could put up somewhere in your uh, outside of your studio or within your home. And if you go to gspn.tv slash WeMo, W-E-M-O, you will see uh, a link to where you can find these belkin uh, wireless uh, plugs and what i'm thinking of doing is i'm thinking of having one of these wemo plugs and an on-air sign out and sitting on a table out outside of my studio said so if you come down the stairs Before you even consider walking into the office or knocking on the door, you already know that I am recording. Even if I'm not saying anything, I might be listening to somebody like Pierce talking, for example. Um, That way, you you know that I'm on air. And even actually sitting one up in the kitchen or somewhere, you know that that's you know wouldn't be too out of place or whatever. But just something that indicates that hey you know, dad's recording downstairs, we kind of need to be quiet. So I think I'll put another Wemo outlet up there and another on-air sign or some kind of device that says, hey, you know, something's being recorded downstairs, whether it's a video or a podcast or whatever the case may be, and I don't want to actually go out and physically turn those on, and I decided against hardwiring these with a light switch in the house. So I just think that this is a perfect solution. Maybe you guys have already thought about something like this. But uh, yeah, so I will be purchasing two on-air signs. And again, um, you can see what Amazon has available at gspn.tv slash on-air sign. And I will purchase probably two of these WeMo switches. Or I may actually just use what's included with my ADT pulse security system but the the cool thing is i'll be able to from my studio turn those lights on and of course then after i'm finished turning them off and that my friends is going to wrap it up for another episode of podcast answer man thank you guys so much for putting up with my week off last week i missed you although i will tell you i had an amazing time in san diego Thank you uh, for just, uh, you know, knowing that I needed a week off and, uh, and you know, that I'm a little rusty getting back. Of course, you don't notice that I'm a little rusty getting back because, well, the reality is, is I'm re-recording this outro. The original was a little bit rushed and also... I think this episode's going to end up being just maybe a minute or two over the one hour mark, and it was originally 16 minutes over. So for those of you who don't tune in live on Thursdays as I'm recording at podcastanswerman.com slash live at 2 p.m. Eastern time, not a big deal, but there's about 16 more minutes worth of this show that thankfully, for your benefit, was deleted. It, 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 it did not make it past the cutting room floor, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Hey, real quick, one last thing I will bring up here as I have a little bit of time. I found something that I do not like about this Lyft app, and I don't know why I keep forgetting that I don't like this Lyft app. The Lyft app is this app that is supposed to help you develop new habits and You know, each day you mark off these things that you keep wanting to do. For example, walk 10,000 steps today, wake up at 5 a.m., plan my day with thinking about always what are the most important one or two things to accomplish today. Text my kids, uh, text my wife. You know, the different things that I wanna just make a part of my daily routine. And the problem I have with the lift app, and I keep forgetting about it, and, and there just doesn't seem to be any way for me to get around it, is that I'm an inbox zero kind of guy. I I like to have things marked off. And here's the deal. There are some times when waking up at five o'clock in the morning just is not going to happen. And I'm okay with that. But I hate that even though I click on wake up at 5 a.m. and click the little dots and I hit skip, the fact that I say skip actually doesn't do anything. It doesn't take it out of the list. For the day, it doesn't mark it, move it to the bottom as a different color like orange or even red. Hey, you didn't do this one today. I would so love that, but it put, it leaves it up with the rest of the unfinished tasks. And there may be some things that are in my lift app that I just, I, for whatever reason, other priorities trumped that particular task and I would like it to not show up so that at the end of the day, everything's kind of out of that bold list. Am I missing something? If you think I am, and and there's some better way to be using this lift app to where I can have everything marked off that I'm going to do today, head over to PodcastAnswerMan.com slash 351 and let me know.
3: Helping you take everything you do to the next level.
0: See you next week. Podcast
3: Answer Man.